The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Adventure Jogger. Um, if you follow my my personal uh, Facebook page, you saw I, I posted a manifesto a while back. I had an interesting encounter with someone else in the podcast space, and the word brand was mentioned about 900 times. And anytime someone throws around the word brand, I'm kind of like, eh, it's a business word. Uh, an old boss of mine described a brand as... Uh, a, a promise wrapped in an addictive experience. I've never really sat down and said like, oh man, what's the brand of the Adventure Jogger? Because honestly, this is something I just do kind of kind of for fun. I, I love meeting new people and, and sharing people's stories and you know, hearing about cool new races. It's just kind of this hobby that I do um, to keep me sane. And I've never really kind of viewed the Adventure Jogger as, as a business and never even gave it the thought about brand. But after this encounter, and it kind of left a... A bad taste in my mouth. Um, the word brand and and some things about said brands. And I thought, does the adventure jogger have a brand? And after I thought about it, after a white claw or two, I realized, yeah, the the adventure jogger does have a brand. And I think what our brand is is every runner has a story. And I think that's very true. We all have a story. What made us decide to to start running? Some people we've been running since day one. Other people we found it later in life. What are some of those moments in our racing careers where we've, you know, had to hit the wall pretty darn hard and find out what we were made of to get through that wall? Those are the stories that every runner has. And so on this episode, we're going to hear a running story. Everybody's got a running story, including Taylor Verville, who lives in Kingston, uh, Massachusetts. We're going all the way up the Beast Coast into New England. Taylor, welcome to the Adventure Jogger. Thank you, Ryan. Did I butcher that last name? I was so going to ask you before no, we started recording. You actually pronounced it pretty well. Oh, okay, yeah. good. What is the What is the most common way that your last name is mispronounced? Uh, that would be telemarketer Sam Bervilli. <laughs> accent in the end. You know, uh, Taylor. For me, my last name is Pluckelman, so I know it's a telemarketer because they do this. They go, "Hi, is this Ryan?" Oh, uh, are you Ryan P? <laughs> so, so thank you so much for, for, for joining me talking about that runner story, Taylor. Let's kind of, let's kind of hit your story. You were recommended by, by various people to be on the podcast. I got messages, emails. You got to talk to Taylor. Taylor, let's start from the beginning. What was your journey into running? Is it something that you did as a child? Did you find it later on in life? Let's start at the beginning. Taylor's running story. It was definitely later in life. My first 5K wasn't even until 2012. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I was like 21 when I started running. So you go through high school and you see yep. the cross-country team and the track team and you're like, those idiots. Oh, I used to hate the mile in gym class. <laughs> I was like one of the slow kids, but towards the end, like with softball and stuff, I I ramped up my speed a little bit. So, what made you decide at 21 years old, after laughing 
at those cross country runners and the track runners after just going, I, oh my God, it's it's mild, it's mild day in gym class. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my my forehead against the register and see if I can get I can trick my mom into thinking I have a fever so I don't have to go run the mile in gym class. <laughs> what was it about age 21? Taylor, you decide I'm going to give this running thing a shot. Um, well, it started with like this boot camp circuit class that I was going to with my mom and like a couple of friends mm-hmm. and it was at an MMA gym. So it was kind of like a family atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And one of the girls is like, you want to do this 5k with me? And I'm like, sure. Why not? Yeah. That 5K, like, kicked my butt for a good week. <laughs> my legs were so dead. <laughs> wait, wait. So, so you, you're, you didn't run up on this point. You're just doing some kind of, like, like kung fu. Like cardio with a little bit of strength training. and Yeah. And and did you did you know how long a 5K was at this point? Or were you just like, okay, I'll sign up. I mean, everyone else is doing it. I mean, I think I had the basic concept. <laughs> <laughs> I usually just sign up for things and see how it goes. Yeah, so you sign up for this 5K marathon, which I've heard uh, 5K is called the 5K marathon, and it, and, oh, yeah. it, and it kicks your butt. You it, it, <laughs> it didn't go so well is what it sounds like. Um, I mean, I liked it. Yeah. But my body didn't like it so much for a few days. <laughs> so 21, that's that first taste of the running world. What yeah. was What was next? You finished that. You do some, you know, you give your, your body a chance to recover from the madness you put it through. What was right. next? Honestly, I I started running like a little bit here and there. I didn't quite have the bug. Yeah. And then 2013 comes around and another friend from the gym is like, hey, you want to do this thing called a Spartan Beast? There's one up in Vermont. Yeah. Like, sure, why not? And it happened to be like their championship one. So getting big hype and they had the death march. And I'm like, how far is it? They're like, I don't know. I'm like, what do I have to do? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, the boot camp coach is just like, well, add some strength training. Your cardio is getting better and see how it goes. Okay. So Spartan Beast, I, I just, just help me out here because I know a little bit about Spartan races. Most of those obstacle course races are generally a 5k some of them are are half marathon length what is what yeah. is the spartan beast the beast is um pretty much a half marathon okay. on in obstacles and then if you fail an obstacle you have to do 30 burpees oh god yeah it's- so i got pretty good at burpees <laughs> <laughs> so, so- you do this Spartan beast. You obviously, you're a person that seems to be very easily influenced, Taylor. You know, well, with the good, bad influence, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So you do that Spartan beast. What's next then? When when do you discover this weird world of of ultra running? At that point, my friend um, Danielle from the gym, she actually blew out her knee at that race. Yeah. And just seeing like the people come together, the medics, they were everyone surrounded her. I think another teammate was helping her cross the finish line on a blown out knee. And I just love the camaraderie and I was hooked from there. Okay. So is, 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 did you find the Spartan community, that obstacle racing community is, is similar and compatible with the trail and ultra community? Um, 
I did at first. And as like the years progressed, like going all the way fast forward to like 2015. Yeah. I felt like the obstacle community kind of not necessarily the community, but maybe the promoters. Yeah. A little too businessy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which turned me off for a little bit. I liked more of the local races at that point. And I heard about these New England Spartans through obstacle racing. Yeah. And they put on, I forget what it's called now, but it's pretty much a race series. Yeah. And if you complete different races, it, it's not all obstacle. Uh, you get points. Right. And one of them happened to be in 2016 at Infinitus in Vermont. Oh, that's the one that's, it's the figure eight loop, right? Yeah. And it's. 2028. Yes. Yes. And it's, and what, and how long is, is the, is the, um, is one lap of the figure eight? Uh, give or take 27. Okay. So people do like 100. There's 200. I think it's what, even 250 or 300 miles as well. There's a lot of distances at the Infinis. In, in, yes. in fi- I've done a few of them. <laughs> How many have you done? Uh, I've done the 88K distance in 2016. Okay. Then I came back for the 100. And then I tried, I did the 250. And then I did the 100 two more years after that. And then this year, I'm pacing my brother. Okay, very cool. So you have to do this for points. And and what was the distance you had to do for points? Uh, You just pick any. So I was like, why not go for like the 88K? Why not? Why not? Right. Why not do an 88K? Of all the Ks you could pick, let's do an 88K. Why not? Someone at the gym probably said like, you know, you should sign up for the 88K. And there you yeah. go. You realize that, oh, my God, what have I gotten myself into? Oh, man, it was awesome. The race director over there, Andy Weinberg. Yeah. He's amazing. He will give you the shirt off his back. Um, yeah, everyone in that community called the Endurance Society. Yeah. Uh, they just all band together. I've showed up there with no crew or like the concept of a crew, but <laughs> people get injured. <laughs> and then I just get pacers and they become family at that point. That's 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 really interesting. Did you, at that point, because doing these different things to get these points, because at this point, you're still an obstacle course racer at this point. You, you want to do right. the, the Spartan stuff and you're trying to do the series to get points. What was it about that trail race that made you keep wanting to come back. You hinted on it a little bit when you were talking about, you know, the camaraderie and the people will will run in and, and just get kind of help. But was there something more to it that made you go like, this may be my tribe? Um, Just like that initial, I don't even know what to term it. Like yeah. The in- initial introduction. Yeah. And then like the 88K, you get... 24 hours their 100 mile you get 48 just because of elevation right so it was like my first overnight race the furthest i've gone at that point was um two beasts in a row okay which is the for beast in spartan okay so it would, it would have been like so two in a row would be like it'd be like a marathon distance with yeah. a lot of obstacles in, in between that's a, it's it, so it's not just you didn't just run a marathon you ran a couple miles swung across the lava pit ran a couple more miles, had to climb up a tower, you know, that sort of thing, right? 
Right, hit a bell, climb a rope, whatever. Did you realize that someone, when you're doing the the, the 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 trail race, where you're like, "Well, this is nice." Not breaking this up with with feats of strength is really nice. Yeah, I was taking in the views. It's beautiful up in Vermont. <laughs> and at one point, it was uh, I don't know, probably midnight or like two a.m. Whatever the darkest point is up there. Yeah. I feel something like just watching me and like following me. Yeah. And I have my headlamp on and I turn to like the right and look straight in the eyes of a deer. And I'm like, oh, thank God it's not a coyote. <laughs> <laughs> of all the things, right? Yeah. Like, man, follow me. <laughs> <laughs> so you do that. You do that race. You, you, you finish your Beast series. What was your next ultra after that one? Uh, I don't think I did another ultra until probably the hundred next year. Mm -hmm. I just started to add miles and take it from there. Okay. Does, was there a, was there a benefit you think to continuing to do uh, the obstacles and then the gym and that sort of thing to helping you progress in the world of ultras? Yeah. Um, I heard you touch on it in other podcasts too, mm -hmm. with the cross training. Yeah. And when I go purist running, I tend to overdo it and yeah. get overuse like mm -hmm. everyone during COVID. Yeah. <laughs> but with the obstacle, it allowed me to like break it up, work different body parts. And I still prefer like strength and running. Yeah. Um, but now I, I haven't done an obstacle race in a, a, probably a handful of years now. You're strictly, are you strictly ultras now? Strictly ultras pretty much. Okay. I, I have a friend that runs uh, an OCR in Rhode Island, mm -hmm. so sometimes I'll pop in there. Like, yeah, I'll jump point. across the fire pit for you. <laughs> de de yeah. de don't think this is a return. As I'm going to jump across the fire pit for you once or twice, and, yeah. and that'll be about it. I, you're right. I've, I've talked about strength training in the past, and I, I think so many people, they think it's like a dirty word. Because you, know, yeah. you want to run. You love running, and you want to spend that time running, and you think that you know, time in the gym or, or I think a big fear for a lot of people is I'm going to put on bulk. You know, they're afraid of putting on size. Yeah. Some of the guys I talk to when I'm running, even at Infinitus, yeah. they're like, your arms are bigger than mine. Isn't that going to slow you down? And I'm like, <laughs> no, it helps like hold the poles. It takes my mind off different things. Like, what you have you to do next time, run. though, Taylor. Next time, you, someone, so next time, some guys like, "Oh, your arms are so big. Doesn't that slow you down?" You can go. Well, obviously not. I'm passing you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Strength training for a second. What's something as as you've as you've done this? What's one piece of what's one exercise that every every ultra runner should add to their repertoire of strength training? Um. Well, coming from Rhode Island and like growing up in Rhode Island, it's yeah. super flat. You yeah. need to drive like hours just to get any elevation. So I'd say like the best strength training would actually be a strength cardio workout. Mm -hmm. And that's putting a rucksack on. Oh, uh, okay. Like gotcha. 20, 30 pounds on your back and hopping on a stair climber. That, okay. All right. That sounds like misery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Taylor, your running story. What was your? If you think back to your your running, and you've run quite a few ultras. I looked your ultra sign up, and it's it's, it's pretty full. What was yeah. your What was your best moment? If you give us one of your best moments 
in your running career, what would that be? I can't pick two. You can pick two. I'll <laughs> allow you to pick two. There's no rules. So it was my first one was the 250 at mm-hmm. Infinitus. Yeah. Um, that was like 2018, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I was coming in from going out on my last seven mile loop yeah. to fin- finish the race. Yeah. Um, and apparently I thought it was a good idea to fall in a ditch <laughs> and, and people are running by because it, it's all different lengths. So there's like fresh faces coming out now, you know, people from the marathon and the half marathon and the 8k are coming out and they're like, are you all right? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know where I am. I literally went like, uh, what is it? Third player or first player video game and I, all I could see was like my hands in the poles <laughs> so a buddy of mine I believe he was just coming uh, in from part of his 88k mm-hmm. he grabbed my trekking pole helped me stand up after he stuck my trekking pole in my shoe <laughs> and then we made it to the barn yeah. which is the trekking point yeah like my dad was there another friend of mine who i call my sister came they all like swarmed me to make sure i made it to where i was going yeah and then the rest of the community came in and was like what do you need you need a rest you have this many hours to get back out there and finish seven miles you got plenty of time and i just remember laying down on the cement ground yeah Someone was like massaging my legs. My mom was like doing weird stuff to my face. And I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) And my friend was like telling her to leave me alone. (laughs) Anyway, I got, I got back up somehow. And this guy I met who was also doing the 250 Mm -hmm. and actually won it in like 98 hours, I believe. Yeah. We had 115. He won first place, was all showered, dressed. He put on his shoes and came back out for the last lap with me just to make sure I finished. Really? That's yeah. awesome. Because you think you put 250 miles on your feet. The last thing you want to do is add more miles to your day. You're like, I'm done. My legs feel like crap. This has been miserable. Why did I sign up for this stupid thing? You want to go home and nap. And the fact that he put his shoes back on to go run the last lap with you, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, he came out. Uh, one of my friends came out. She drove at like the halfway point to make sure I was okay. And then we just headed out in the woods and finished it up. Okay, that's favorite moment number one. Do you want to name one. Do you want to name drop that guy? You want to mention the, the awesome winner that went on another lap with you? Uh, do you want his nickname? <laughs> yes. Justin Timberlake is what we called him, and I was Taylor Swift. <laughs> That's well, his real name was JT. All right, JT. JT's a heck of a guy up there. All right, second favorite moment. Second was this past fall, and I've never run 100 miles in under 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um. So that was like a a lofty goal of mine because I wasn't sure my training was up to it. And I wasn't sure my ankle fully recovered from the previous year. Yeah. 
but my fiance is a bit more stubborn than me and <laughs> she hasn't run like a mile training wise and i don't know how long yeah she came out and ran 20 miles overnight with me yelling at me as i'm doing <laughs> trying to breathe <laughs> and she's like you better get going because i'm out here busting my ass and you've trained so get moving you only have this much time you know taylor it's interesting you bring that up because yeah. i have often said that if you before you get married to someone if you want to see if you're compatible <laughs> with someone if you want to see what that person's going to be like when the chips are down because you know when we get early in a relationship i'm sure when you met your fiance you know everything was perfect with her you know you didn't get on each other's nerves and oh we're going to go on a date we're going to see a movie we're going to dinner and it's all fun and games <laughs> you need to see him that person's sick first off you you got before you marry yeah. anybody you got to see him sick but my second thing is and i'm going to modify this slightly my second thing is you need to move a heavy piece of furniture with that person like a height a bed you know not like not like some you know mattress that bends i'm talking something that weighs hundreds of pounds is very awkward and you have to get it up a staircase but i think just pacing you at an ultra and getting you through a hundred miler that would count you could take out the heavy furniture moving and just and just have that that sounds pretty good to me <laughs> i think it counts too <laughs> so your fiance does goes from zero to 20 miles to get you through that time and then to experience that with you had had she seen you in those low spots before um yes at my hundred at infinitus mm -hmm. in the spring yeah but i don't think to that extent yeah because she was out me out with me yeah I, i'll call it the woods it's a rail trail yeah so it's a back and forth mm -hmm. um, so i don't think to that extent but yeah she seen me at some pretty big lows was it was it sweeter to finish did you first of all did you get under 24 hours at this race where your fiance jumped in 23 and a half hours was it sweeter to be able to accomplish that goal taylor having your your fiance there with you having her see you through that and having having her be a part of that big day yeah i had her come across the finish line with me that's a great that's a great moment and a great a great memory too i mean that's 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 absolutely priceless and I'm sure that buckle means something to both of you. Yeah. All right. We got the good parts out of the way. Lowest <laughs> moment. Think about it for a second, Taylor. The lowest moment in your trail running career that you had to pull yourself out of. I'd have to go back to that 250. <laughs> oh, I, first of all, I can't imagine 250, Taylor. I, I really, I know there, there's 300 mile races and, yeah. and all of that, but... 250 that that's I mean, an, oh they say like the 100 is 98% mental but that 250 was mental physical spiritual whatever like my knee blew up to the size of a watermelon i was walking with my crutches i mean my training poles yeah yeah and just like slow and steady yeah <laughs> just up that hill what did you learn about yourself 
in that 250 that stays with you today? Like, is there is there something that you maybe didn't weren't sure about? You know, that thing that that when you need it, you know, because we all have great days, we all have crap days. You know, sometimes our boss is a pain in the ass, and you you doubt yourself. Was there something that that happened? Something you take with you that had just accomplishing that you can take that that moment with you. It just shows you like how far you can go, mm-hmm. and like how our limits are just made up in our minds. Like our bodies can do so much more, and. I mean, I've learned the mental part of that just growing up. Yeah. Um, I've had anxiety, depression, and this is my therapy as a therapist. Oh, you're, so you're a therapist too? Yeah. Trail running therapist. Trail running therapist slash EMT. <laughs> we could, we, yeah, you are you found the right place because we could all use a therapist, Taylor. Uh, we could all use any... <laughs> <laughs> So, so let's talk about that. Let's let's unpack that for a moment, Taylor. A lot going on in, in your childhood, you know, yeah. battle. Like, what was that anxiety like? Do you know where it came from, and and when were you experiencing that? It was uh, when I was ten. I was diagnosed with OCD. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's irrational thoughts, repetitious behavior. Um, to the point that like I missed a whole month of school, but my grades were always like high A's because I had that rigid mentality mm-hmm. and had everything perfect type A personality. Um, and over the years, it's just fluctuated. Mm-hmm. And I've learned how to deal with that. And once you learn how to deal with one thing, something else sometimes pops up. In college, uh, I developed anorexia and had to battle with that for a while. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. So the nutrition part of it was a little complicated at first, but I was already at like a good maintaining weight Mm -hmm. where it it was okay to eat because I knew like my body needed fuel. Right, right. Okay, yeah, that does add a layer of difficulty. I don't think people, Taylor, I think people see movies and TV shows of people with eating disorders and it's like, it just doesn't make sense. I can't, it's, I don't understand what's going on there. Just eat something or why are you throwing up? And it's, I don't think people really get the deep-seated mental, you know, issue with food and it's not the eating part. There's there's so much behind that and you throw that in anxiety on with that eating disorder i mean that's that's not an easy thing to tackle when you're in college yeah for me it was about control because i felt like everything was almost out of my control in like that first freshman year of college Mm -hmm. and you're like trying to figure things out but i could control what i put in my mouth i could control what exercise i did and hopefully do my coursework obviously Mm -hmm. but and so I, I've, I've never asked a woman her age, but you talked about 21 was the first year you ran a, a, a 5K and, sure. and that that was a, a while back. Um, so I, I want to ask this question. You can just say this is none of your business. You can, you can shut the fuck up. Um, so as the proud father of an LGBTQ child, I yep. know that now it's not easy. It's getting better. I think it's, I think it's easier now right. to be 
to be to be gay or lesbian or or transgendered. It's 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 easier right. to be in that community now, but it's still not easy. It's really not. Right. It's a little more open. It I is. Guess. But I think yeah. even 10 years ago when you were in college, I'm not aging, I'm just guessing 10 years ago. I'm not going to do the math. You're that good. had to have been kind of a load on your mind as well. Anxiety, eating disorder, dealing with with that identity that society wasn't as keen on back then as it is now. That's a lot for one person to take. Yeah, I wasn't even out at that point. I didn't come out till 26 and a half. Okay. Did you know at so, that point you were did were you were you unsure at that point or did you just not want to share it or I mean, I was honestly in denial. Mm-hmm. I grew up uh I went to Catholic school yeah. and then public school, so I I have beliefs, but I'm more spiritual. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm accepting, but I don't think that's me. Right. It just took me a while to kind of come to terms with it. And be comfortable with yourself. Was running, right. was, was, was the, was the athletic endeavors. You talk about going to that gym and it didn't seem like you kind of went halfway in Taylor. Like you were like, ah, you know, I got a, I got a planet fitness membership and I'm going to use it twice a week. I'm going to go in there and use the elliptical for 10 minutes. And then I'm going to just do some dumbbell curls, look at myself in the mirror and walk away. It sounded like you went hard into the fitness where, you know, some people would be like, Hey, do you want to do this Spartan beast thing? Like, what the fuck is that? And they look up online and go, no, I don't want to do that. That's, that's ridiculous. I mean, it would have been smart to look it up. before. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. It would have been incredibly smart if you would have looked it up. But do you think that, that attachment, that does that uh, going out and doing these extreme things and you're the therapist you tell me was yeah. it a, was it a coping mechanism for all of that you were dealing with that anxiety that the eating disorder oh, the stress it allowed me to channel my energy into something and like it it made me more social like i was more of an introvert mm-hmm. i would always get along with whoever i talked to um i make small talk yeah. whatever but at her, I was always an introvert, and with obstacle racing and then eventually trail running, I was able to kind of come out of my shell a little bit and talk to the people who kind of fall into your pace or yeah, whatever, you know? I, I want to preface this next part of the discussion with saying um, I, I see memes on the internet from time to time of people post this, is uh, I think it's ridiculous, Oh, you're depressed? Buy a pair of shoes and go run in the woods. That's the stupidest fucking thing in the world. Stop posting that shit. I mean, it helps me a little bit. Well, I know, no, but it does. I mean, but no, and, and I think what that does is it. But it, I, it I, I understand the intent of it, but it downplays serious, you know, mental issues and, and mental difficulties that sometimes, yes, sometimes people that are a little depressed put on a pair of running shoes, you go run a bit, you feel better. But I think that discounts people who have serious issues that require attention. Um, I think when it comes to mental illness, there's still a stigma attached to it. And when you post the put on a pair of running shoes and go run in the woods, that'll, that'll, uh, that'll cure your depression. I don't think you realize what that says to a lot of people who have tried that, who, you know, the brain is, is, is a part of our body, just like our heart, just like our legs. And so no one ever downplays 
tearing a muscle or heart disease or trivializes that people right you can see it Mm -hmm. Uh, but people they trivialize mental illness all the time and so I I just I, sometimes sometimes just a pair of shoes and 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 pine trees in the woods and running past them isn't enough to help some people and some people just need to get help and that's okay you do what you have to do to be happy and feel better about yourself and if that's therapy that's medication if it's exercise as well if it's eating better whatever you find to make you right sometimes it's a whole package too sometimes it's therapy in 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 tandem with medication in tandem with exercising in tandem with eating better those things can can change everybody as a whole it seemed to it seems to me just hearing your story, Taylor, is that the the sport helped you find yourself, find peace in yourself. Yeah, good I f- definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Good friends. Um, was there a moment where dealing with that anxiety, dealing with that stress, where you're you're in the trail? Did you become aware of that in a moment? Like, wait a minute, this is a form of therapy for me. Uh, so. The OCD thoughts will pop up mm-hmm. sometimes, like when I'm really fatigued, which also happens in ultras. So yeah. I, I try to be a little more forgiving of myself, I guess. Yeah. Which is hard. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be like, oh, you missed that turn, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. So it'll like play mind games while I'm on the trail, which the trail plays mind games. And you got to kind of figure it out in the moment just like someone would figure out nutrition for a GI issue in the Mm -hmm. trail yeah so how do you how do you cope with that I mean think about you know you're you're, you're cruising along right and when you're and all these races especially these longer ones the farther you go you're doing those 100 miles you do that the the 250 miler you're feeling good in the beginning everything's all right but your body gets exhausted those defenses you've put up before can start to crumble a bit and those obsessive compulsive thoughts come into your head again. Did yeah. you find ways to 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 negate those, to push them back a bit? Um, sometimes I honestly just tell them to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, other times it's like, no, it's not reality. Like I'm I'm doing the best I can. I'm out here, mm-hmm. and like I'm staying true to what is being done out here. So it's like pushing the thoughts away with rationalizing, even though you're super emotional during these ultras, it's yeah. like a, a constant head battle. But some some races are easier than others mentally in that sense. It makes sense. You know, yeah, I think, I think a 50K, you may not even see those issues, but the farther you go, there's a danger in that popping back up again. Yeah. You know, one thing, Taylor, and again, you can tell me to shut up because I didn't. We didn't prep any of this. I'm just kind of going by. We're sharing your story. Having that eating disorder—that's something that too can can affect you your entire life. And nutrition's such a big part of of ultra running. It's a huge part of it. If your nutrition is not on point, you're yeah, fucked. <laughs> right. Let's let's just be honest. You're fucked if you can't get that right. How yeah. how did you? How did you come to terms with having an eating disorder and loving a sport that requires you to eat and and to, and to have a plan down when it comes to that? Um, 
that answer is multifaceted. So <laughs> we got time. Go for it. <laughs> it started with my strength training coach and just the basic information. Like you need at least this much of protein yeah. if you want to be able to lift this weight. Okay. And all pretty much the mechanics of it mm-hmm. led me to doing my own research. Like I got certificates in nutrition, sports nutrition, oh, exercise. Wow. Like I, I went all in just so I could figure out what would work for me. Yeah. Even to the point of reading like a holistic diet for anxiety Mm -hmm. and trying different um, like herbal supplements, whether it be fish oil, turmeric for the joints and that sort of thing. Um, I also just got on a rant and forgot where that question was going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were talking about nutrition and coming to terms with you have an eating disorder and 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 okay. had one and how you 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 got into this sport that requires a very uh, strict adherence to nutrition. It the game right. the, the sport ain't working if you if you can't figure out how to eat and eat right, the sport ain't working. How did you, how yeah. did you how did you how did you fix that? So with the training, the mm-hmm. research, also the firsthand experience, like I went from, I'll just give you my top is, my highest number, my lowest number. Yeah. I was 180 back in um, high school. Okay. Like eighth, no, eighth grade. And then it gradually went down a little. Uh-huh. And then freshman year of college, I did the reverse 20 and, and some, you know, I went down to 111. Right. And I'm I'm just about five seven. Right. So. That, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty thin frame. Did right. the did the research you talk about that coach telling you about you need this percent to do this and this much to do that? Did it? Yeah. Did that almost? Do you think change the way your brain looked at food, the way you looked at food, instead oh, of no. this thing that could affect your body? It was this thing you needed to do to accomplish the things you wanted to accomplish. Yeah, I was slowly ripping away that part that food is either good or bad. Leaning on the bad because of the eating disorder. Right. Putting it in terms of this is fuel for your body. And if you want to do these things, you need to eat. Interesting. Did you find did you find that 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 was what was helped you break through when it came to that? Did you notice that just the way like when you approached eating that doing all that research and and having your coach tell you like these are the things we need to accomplish this, you sit down to eat those thoughts you may have had before. You're like, oh, I, I was able to get through that meal. I didn't have those thoughts. Yeah, it it gets easier with time. It still comes up and down a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, to kind of test myself and give myself a new challenge. Yeah. Back in 2018, I decided to switch up my training again from ultra running and try my first body competition. Ooh, like a, like a bodybuilding thing. Yeah. But bikini. Cause I, my frame is more lean than like, I forget the endomorph. Yeah. I, I don't remember that either. I fell asleep during that part in health class. Yeah. So the coach was just like, you're kind of like in this area. So I went with that. Yeah. And it can bring up a lot of those thoughts and, everything but i just put my trust in my trainer yeah and just watched my body transform 
And then on the other end of it, she would just check in with me as I gradually get back into eating regular food. Yeah. You're not like deprive yourself. Yeah. Or sense and like pop the muscle. Right. That's all. That's incredibly brave. I know to, to get up, especially having the hearing about your, your past and, yeah. and, and, and to get up in front of a bunch of people and show off oh. your, the muscles. I mean, that must've been terrifying. I mean, the fun part was the workouts. <laughs> I did not like the stage presence. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine what that takes. Yeah. Do you ever? And you have to wear like this shiny bikini and heels. I had to learn how to walk in heels. Like I'm wearing <laughs> trail shoes and I can't walk in heels. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big difference there. Do you ever stop? Uh, and I, I know, you know, we, we never really ever stop and do this this personal reflection but do you ever stop taylor and 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 think about and give yourself some love for how incredibly brave you are as a person i try but my family will tell you i'm my biggest critic I think anyone will tell you that like no i think we all taylor most of us yeah. are like you know and I, I grew up in a very very humble midwest home we don't brag about ourselves we don't you know and so it's, it's even hard for me to sometimes people go like oh great job at work i'll be like yeah whatever i could have done better but i mean to think about like, thanks, I guess. <laughs> right, right, right exactly but no i mean it's sometimes it's hard and it, and it takes people that are looking at us objectively and they're they're outside of our own personal headspace to see those things but it seems like for me, Taylor, there's so many people that you battle the the OCD, which can be crippling for some people. It really can. It's not just yeah. OCD is played for for laughs on television. You know, you got Monk always got to wash his hands all the time, that sort of thing. And that 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 is some of it, but there's there's more to it than that. Um, and then you think about the eating disorder as well, and all the things that you had to endure. You know, I mean. You're just talking about your 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 weight swing, and I'm I'm sure you got made fun of when you were at your biggest when you were in middle school, and yeah. But just to to you seem to to hit these things head on, like like you're you're not afraid of it. You 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 get this nutrition thing figured out. You conquer this eating disorder with help, and and all of a sudden you you you. You put yourself in situations that would scare most people. Most people would say 250 miles and go, that's that's stupid. <laughs> right? It kind of was. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, right. Yeah, but you, but it's stupid. You did it. But you, you put yourself in that position, that position where there's a huge amount, there's a high percentage of failure probability. There is odds were good, Taylor. You ain't going, you weren't going to finish that. You have, yeah. and you probably had a million opportunities to go like, oh, "Fuck it, I am out. This is stupid." Um, but I think you, I had like five hours <laughs> left when I finished. Right. But I was email, which was pretty cool. Yeah, you know what? You don't need to tell people that. You just be like, "I won." Yeah, be like, I won. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say how many people were there. You can say you were first and last place. You don't have to tell people that. But no, to 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 enter that and to conquer that, and then to to go into into bodybuilding you where you have to get on stage and say hey it, it, there's nothing to hide the spotlight's on you most yeah, of us they, would, would they know. get up there and like flaunt your stuff and i'm like um can you just like 
grade me now. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's that's pretty that's pretty awesome, Taylor. And I, I think that that deserves a round of applause just to to see what you've done in the ultra world, the successes you've had. You know, you're that front middle of the pack where you know you've done some really impressive things and trying new things. I think it's just I think it's awesome, Taylor. I think that's it. Just speaks volumes about you as a person. That, that you've done all these great things and, and conquered all of these things. I think that's awesome. And hopefully someone listening to this who might be having some issues like that and thinking like, I don't know, hopefully they listen to you and go, well, if Taylor can do it, I, I think I can do it as well. I mean, I hope so. And I would love to meet them on the trail. Because you meet a lot of good friends, I'm sure. And, it's, and I know that there's a great running community up in the New England area. There's the, That's some serious awesome trail running people yeah definitely um the person i call my brother is actually someone i met at a race and we just become like the best of friends so that's really cool really cool taylor what is one race i always like when i talk to people from different parts of the country you know here i am in in middle tennessee if there's one race someone's coming up to new england they're coming out to kingston mass they want to run an ultra what is the ultra that everybody needs to put on their radar in New England? Definitely Infinitus, hands down. Okay, and there's a lot of options. If you don't have to do the 250, if you don't want to do it. No, it's from 8K to 888K. So. <laughs> <laughs> 8K to 888K and everything in between. Taylor Verville, thank you so much uh, for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. It was, it was great to get to know you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to The Adventure Jogger. And in all seriousness, if you are one of those folks that is battling uh, mental illness, you've tried the exercise thing, you've tried the eating right thing, there's absolutely no shame in reaching out to a professional and getting help, whether that's talking to someone through therapy, talking to a doctor and and making that decision together um, to get on some medication to, to live your best life and be your best self. There's absolutely no shame in that adventurejogger.com that's the website if you want to listen to some back episodes check out some gear that kind of stuff thanks for listening we're back next week everybody we are 100% listener supported you can make a monthly pledge on our patreon page just search the adventure jogger on patreon or go to the adventurejogger.com Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode.